All right, guys, welcome back to the Tailwater Fly Shop podcast. Uh, this is, well, after Tommy and I got done last time, we realized that there was like, we only got through maybe like a quarter of what we could actually we talk had such about. We a lovely time. We did. So we figured, hey, an hour after we were done filming, I was texting Tommy and said, let's do part two. Uh, so we're going to talk today, part two, right? So last time what we talked about was basically early life growing up, how you fell in love with fishing, sure. how you got into fishing professionally to now you've been fishing professionally for how long? Like as a guide, like uh, running your own business, guide business, well, I'd say 10 years, you know, 10 years. Yeah. So a decade mm -hmm. and not, you know, not 23 anymore. Nope. Um, <laughs> and you know, not on your own anymore either. No. So, so how that's evolved, uh, we'll talk about this place and how this place has changed. And, sure. um, maybe, maybe we'll get into the, um, to the deep, dark guide culture conversation, possibly. I don't know. We can, um, we can dive. We'll into see that. if we want to dive into that, what, yeah. how deep we want to go into the rabbit hole. But, but basically how you've gone from someone who just loved fishing to now someone who's built a business, mm -hmm around fishing sure. um, because there's a lot more to the business side of fishing than just loving it. There's a, there's a, <laughs> there is a, uh, a large amount. It's just, fishing is, I would say fishing is 10, 20% eh, of it. Let's just say 20%. I think a big part of building a guiding business is building relationships with your people. Um, you know, and there's different, there's different captains that kind of model their business on, I guess what they're trying to accomplish, you know what I mean? There's, there's, there's captains out there and I'm not talking about just fly fishing captains. I'm talking about all captains, you know, they might be docked at a hotel or a resort or something where they're just trying to turn and burn volume and, and you know, that that's their goal and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, my goal when I set out to do this was build relationships with people, um, you know, for these people to come back year after year and you're kind of developing an angler, so to speak. Um, that was, I would say that was my goal to, to building my business. If I could do that, then the rest would just kind of fall into place. And it has, um, oftentimes when that, when that progression takes place with a guide, they, their fishing kind of goes by the wayside, you know, they have, they come out of the gate strong. They've been fishing by themselves or with their friends for years and they're really dialed in on their game and they're, you know, they're on fish and they're, you know, they're at the top of their game, so to speak they, they build a decent business and then they kind of, it's not that they put the fishing side on the back burner, but they think like, Oh, I can just continue to do the same things with these people. And they're going to be, you know, pleased, so to mm -hmm. speak. Um, and I, I have, I have certainly fell victim to that in, in some areas, but I think if, if you, if you maintain focusing on building your relationship with a person, developing the angler and never, never being uh satisfied with what you found in your fishing journey you know new spots new techniques and techniques are situational um i have anglers that i fish a certain spot or a certain way that i might not fish that way with a different guy because maybe his skill set's better or worse mm -hmm. um and that 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 right there is guiding in a hole you're you're taking somebody and you're you're grabbing this person by the hand and no matter what you're trying to get them to succeed and succeed is not always bringing a fish to hand. Succeeding is having this guy leave with a feeling of I'm accomplished. I've learned something on the day. I'm sure he's caught a fish. If you've done all those things, 
Um, and if you check all those boxes, typically you're going to, you're going to build a business pretty good. So that's kind of how I modeled it. Going okay. On. Yeah. Cause it, it seems like, so there, I guess when you look at the fishing industry, it seems like there's so many people that fish, mm-hmm. right? But the actual fishing community, right? Those like, like the people that are in the business, the people that are doing it for a living, mm-hmm. the world's it's pretty small. It's a small circle. And for better or for worse, it everyone kind of knows everyone or at least knows who, sure. who everybody is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I moved back here, sure, there was a few, like, newer names that I had kind of, you know, needed to get familiar with again because they were people that were newer to the area mm-hmm. or people that were younger when I moved. And so they weren't, you know, having businesses yet. But, but for the most part, I mean, it's not a big it, – it's, it's really not a big world. And – um, you know, you can you can meet some really cool people sure. very quickly. Um, clients and guides, clients and guides for yeah. sure. I mean, it's it's a mix. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, sure in the shop we have we have people that that come in all the time that we don't recognize because they're new to the area or they're on vacation. But also building that culture of you know, when people walk through the door, they they know the faces that they expect to see. Mm-hmm. They they know. You know, hey, if we have someone new here, like they notice right away, like that. <laughs> For sure. And um, and so, you know, really trying to build that slowly. Mm-hmm. And I think that the slower that you try and build that part of it, the more sustainable it it, it, it can be for sure. No question. Um, because it's not just a flash in the pan type type thing. And that's really the way well too said. with the shop. Like we've we've tried. Yeah, it's a little bit slower to do the organic stuff, but but on the other end of it, like you know, really truly feeling like. You know, we have customers now that if we're out of stock on something, like they'll wait for us to order it for sure instead of driving up the street to buy it. No and doubt. So, um, you know, and that's and that's cool. And I and but that's something that that's earned for sure. That's mm-hmm. not something that's given, and mm-hmm. that's something that can be lost very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so you started guiding mid mid twenties, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and when you're in mid twenties, you know when you're making, you know. 500 plus dollars a day guiding, right? You think you're probably rich and, and, um, you know, wow. If Every I, trip. Matter. Wow. Wow. If I did this 300 days a year, I could make, you know, 150 grand and, mm. and it's all, you know, um, well, first of all, being on the water 300 days a year is a lot of work. Um, it's expensive to, you know, there is overhead, right. Tons um, of it. and now you look at, how that starts to where, you know, $500 a day can, you know, or $800 a day, mm-hmm. right? Like it can go, it goes quick. Mm-hmm. And then now, you know, you're, you're a little bit older, True. right? Um, life, and- life doesn't seem to get less expensive as we get older. Life no. gets more expensive mm-hmm. family, right? Mm-hmm. Wife, uh, mm-hmm. kid, kid, um, just had a baby. and yeah, just had a baby. And just that, not even the financial side of it, but just the time the side time. of it too. Um, everything's more expensive, right? Your time is more expensive. Um, your living is more expensive. And Everything. so, so how is fishing for you been able to, a, you know, you built, we talked about how you build a business. Mm-hmm. So, you know, financially you can sustain yourself, mm-hmm. but also why fishing still, right? Your needs are different. Um, why fishing? Cause you, you, there's other things that there's sure. other things that you dabble in also, yeah. right? With yeah. the real estate no, stuff, no doubt. but why fishing? Um, that's, that's always been my question is, Good question. is why fishing? Because, you know, there's so many other ways that that you can make a living mm-hmm. and you know that that might be easier that mm-hmm. might be less time consuming mm-hmm. so so why fishing good question um 
going back before I answer that, you, you talked about building a, a business organically and it takes time. It does take time. Uh, if you're going to be in a rush building a business, you're going to miss things that you, you necessarily wouldn't see. So I, I feel like I needed to say that. Yeah. Um, but why fishing? Um, I feel like fishing, first of all, if you like catching fish, you know, don't become a guide. Um, you need to be really good at catching fish yourself to tell somebody else how to do it. That's, that's, that's for sure. Um, I think you have to be in love with, obviously in love with fishing and in love with the sport, but more so in love with, um, competing. And what I mean by competing is we compete every day in life. You guys compete with other tackle shops. You compete, you know, on that level, on a, on a retail level, I'll say that guides compete. They don't even know they're competing with each other, but there's somebody trying to steal, not steal your client, but they're trying to get business from you and they're mm -hmm. trying to get business from anybody and everybody. So whether you think it or not, you are competing. And I think you have to love to compete. You have to have sort of a, a, a driving competitive edge there um, over the next guy to, to be successful. Um, but to answer your question in short, I guess, why fishing? There's so many answers to that, but I think that the best answer is that it, it allows you an avenue into something that you're truly passionate about and not every day am I passionate about going, I mean, you know, if it's the, if it's, if it's the last week of tarpon season and it's blowing 20 or something, the last thing I want to do is go get up and go get soaked all day and go tarpon mm -hmm. fishing. But at the end of the day, when I'm spraying my boat off and I'm driving my boat off, I still love it. And I think that's why it's the sense of, I did what I truly love to do today and that's fishing. I mean, that's just, but guiding has to mix in with that love for fishing. You have to love teaching somebody. You have to love building a relationship. You have to love being on a skiff with somebody and enjoying that time with somebody. I like I fished Jonas yesterday, like I was saying. Mm -hmm. First time I've ever fished with that guy. We hit it off instantly and we just we, we didn't we didn't catch a thing. But we enjoyed our time with yeah. each other. It was great. And those are the things of why fishing. Um those, those moments, I think that's why you chase those little moments. You chase the moments of being on a skiff with somebody, enjoying your time with that person and obviously catching fish. I mean, everybody loves to catch a fish on a fly rod. That's, you know, or any fish for that matter. Well, and, and I think that like, for me, the, like going out and catching fish, right. That's, it happens just enough that it reminds me of why mm -hmm. we got into this business that's in the right. first place. Right. That's it happens. Right. The, the cool moments always seem to happen like just enough or just at the right time to remind you of why that's right. You do this because you, know, you talked about, maybe it's the last one of the last weeks of tarpon season and, mm -hmm. and you know, yeah, that's your 50th straight day on the water you're and shot. you're shot. But the person that's fishing with you, this is their first day of the they year. They might've flown this here is, from, th I mean, to you, you're like, gosh, it's the end of June or it's the end of July and it's winding down. And for this person, it's just beginning. Right. So, and, you, but you need to have a, a, a that, yeah. that guy, like I said, he could have just transplanted in here from Montana, yeah. saved up all of his money. He came down here and he's fishing with you for four or five days. You got to have the best attitude you can possibly have on that day. Yeah. Just like you did the first day of tarpon season. Just like you said, that's that guy's first day. He's just getting warmed up. Yeah. We're burnt. Our gear's burnt. I'm ready to just call it quits, but he's, he's fresh. He's ready to go. He's ready to roll. Yeah. And so, you know, when those monotonous times happen, it's one of those things like you always need that thing to remind you of why you're doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And so 
so why we do what we do. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, my background is, is baseball background, sure. um, playing, coaching, playing at a high level, mm-hmm. coaching at, you know, the highest level of, of high school that I could competitive, that I could coach at very, very competitive, competitive. um, had some really, really good, um, players, really good coaches that I, that I coached with and coached under, um, and was very fortunate to have some extremely talented mm-hmm. players, um, and spend some time. It was cool. I got to spend some time ranked number one in the country as, you know, as a high school team. And, and, and so for me fishing though, when I was done playing, right. Um, I didn't get to play professionally in college it, the injury stuff started. And mm-hmm. then the conversations with yourself of maybe you're just not good enough. And even if I wasn't hurt, like, as do I have a shot and self doubt? Yeah. And, and well, also for me, it was, I'd much rather tell myself that I'm done than have someone else tell me that I'm done. For sure. Uh, cause I think that it's easier pill to swallow but um fishing was the only thing that filled the competitive void that i was missing um it wasn't like i couldn't go play slow pitch church league softball Mm -hmm. like where a dude's like ripping a heater in the outfield Mm -hmm. like that's not that wasn't that doesn't fill the competitive (laughs) void right and and i know that there's people that love that and and there's that at a high level so but for the most part when you go to your tuesday nights at the at the park (laughs) like that's not you're not seeing that no um so, but fishing was the only thing because it was like it's me and the fish. You're competing with the fish. And the aspect of it that I loved is the same thing with pitching, right? So when I was playing baseball, I can make the best possible pitch. Like I can make a great pitch, mm-hmm. and a guy still might hit at 600 feet. That's right, right? And or I might make a horrible pitch, and I get the guy to roll over. He swings through it, or he pops up, and hey, I got bailed out. Mm-hmm. Well, there's there's nothing that mirrors that to me more than tarpon fishing. <laughs> <laughs> to where, you know, you can do everything right and it still doesn't work. That's right. Or you can do everything wrong and, and sometimes it, it just comes together and it works. Yeah. I mean, and, and, it, and, it, and it works and you're like, gosh, I don't know why that fish turned around and ate. I don't know why that fish, you know, didn't spook or why that fish spooked and came back, but, or you have a fish lined up perfect and he comes up and he wears your fly like a mustache and he just decides he's, he's done Not gonna eat it. and fishing was the only thing that filled that. Yeah. Uh, it's a competitive, it's every day. It's a competition. And I think I, earlier I might've said I'm competing with other guides. It's not that I'm competing with other guides. Like when I go out on the water, I'm not saying there's, I'm going to catch more than yeah, you. Today, so I wear guys down yeah. the beach. Like I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to stack everybody up today. It's not that it's, it's, it's when I say you're competing, you, you, you should strive to compete with the fish mm-hmm. and in turn, you're competing with everybody else. And then you're going to, you know, if you, if you go in every day and say, I'm competing, it's me and the fish. Because that's what it is, and I want to win. I want to beat his ass every day. Yeah. So, if 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 you go with that mindset and you have that killer mentality, you know, but you have to you have to kind of dial that back because if you you know you got to read your angler too. If you got a guy on the bow who might not be that intense, you might have to dial that back a little bit. You still have that competitive edge, but you can't be a hundred percent just intense all day for eight hours a day. You just, nobody can sustain that, yeah. you know, especially a guy who comes a couple days a year, he's not trying to be screamed at all day or, you know, have somebody barking in his ear, what they're doing wrong or what they're not doing wrong that, you know, you have to, you have to, it comes in waves of, of, of levels of intensity, I guess. Yeah. Well, and, and I was reminded to, like so on the business side of it right like gaining clients mm-hmm. has changed probably so much in the last 10 years oh, yeah. to where the internet's now a big part of it mm-hmm. and you know i was in homosassa a few weeks ago and was kind of reminded of the old days of 
booking a guide. It was you show up at the marina, you look at the signs on every slip, yep. and the guy's got his phone number. Yep. And the guides might be standing there with no client for the day. They're just waiting for Drama someone to pull business. up. Yeah, they're just waiting for someone to pull up to the dock where the days of that, even there, like – you know, I'm I'm sure that there's some of that that happens sure. organically because it's funny. You're driving to the ramp in Homosassa, and there's not there's not a many ramps, so you drive to the public ramp there, mm-hmm. and you probably pass a hundred signs. Oh, yeah. um, you know, to where this guy's guide service, and they try to have the coolest picture of a snook, and and some and and. And it's cool because it's like the history of it, the no nostalgia doubt. of it. Like you know that you're oh, in a historic Florida. place, you For know. Sure. But here. It's right. Like you go launch at Safety Harbor Spa or you go launch at, you know, Sutherland Bayou or Anclote. Like, you know, who's meeting you there and when that's right. You're not showing up with your boat at the slip. Just, you know, wait. Hey, I went out and caught bait and I'm waiting to see who shows up. No, like you're booked. You're booked. And, you know, we were talking about this earlier. Like we're going to fish together a day, hopefully two this year for tarpon season. But, you know, you already have your tarpon season. Like it's starting to fill up, yep. and we're still really a couple months from when you're really going to go heavy into it. Mm-hmm. And so, how has that part of it changed? Because, you know, honestly, like if you just Google, like I just, I googled like redfish in Tampa Bay, sure. right? And right away, there's there's you know, and I know that some of these are paid ads, mm-hmm. but but there's a lot of stuff that pops up. I mean, I could book a dozen different guides right now, right there. Um, just by Googling something like that. And I know a lot of people book guides that way. It's not just word of mouth. Like maybe you're here on vacation. You don't know who to ask. You don't know. So you look up. So how is that? How has building your brand Mm -hmm. kind of coincided with building your business? Right. Uh, Because sure, you have those organic clients, but... You have to. Build, I'm seeing a lot of similarities, by the way, with what with what we do. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but building your brand, mm-hmm. right, is just as important as what you offer mm-hmm. to people. So, so how has that been? Kind of something that balance of self promotion with also, you know, trying to seem trying to be genuine and yeah. and because you know not not seem genuine but be genuine. Yes, and. And really trying to say like, hey, this is just who I am and and this is what I do. And maybe I'm not for everybody, but I am for somebody. And those somebodies that I book are the ones that I, you know, that I really want. So how is that kind of how is building a brand, right? The Mm -hmm. Tommy Caloris brand. Mm -hmm. How has that been something that has kind of changed since you started guiding? Good question. Um, I think clients are situational, you know it's a melting pot, right? You're going to get, you're going to get all walks of life who are going to want to go fishing. Um, and it goes back to what I was saying. There's some people that are doing this for volume. There's some people who are building a business, trying to grow relationships and have the same clients for 10, 15 years. So, you know, like you just said, you, you Googled redfish Tampa Bay, the guys who have those paid ads, they're turning and burning and there's nothing wrong with that. Don't, don't Mm -hmm. get me mistaken here. That's how you want to run your business. That's great. Those are turn and burn guys. That's that's great. Um, I think that those guys can help you too, though. No because, question. No question. It, yeah, I mean, if they, if 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 somebody who's looking for a more genuine experience of, hey, we're you know we're loading up today, and I got four hundred Cadillac white baits in the well. We're gonna go catch trout for three hours. Well, and they, and, and they can take out a whole family of five. That's right. And everyone can go that's have a good right. time. And that's just something that you don't do that that's you don't right. offer. I, so. I just, I, I, I have a lot of guide friends that I can pass that along mm-hmm. to. And I, I do a lot of that. Um, that's just not something I'm interested in doing. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. It's not just not all. my cup of tea. Um, 
I think it's changed over time somewhat. You know, word of mouth that that one of my mentors taught me if if you want to build a, a, a true organic business off relationships and experiences, it's going to be done by word of mouth. Um, and I think if you, it, that's going to obviously, that goes back to what you're saying, taking time, it's going to be a slower process of building your business. I could go spend $20,000 on Google ads mm. and I'm probably going to, my phone's going to blow up. Yeah. Right. But that's not going to be the clients I want. So I went the route of taking my time, word of mouth. And I think what's changed there is there's still that, that still exists. I think what's changed is the people who are the younger guys that are getting into the business. They don't have that kind of patience and it's not necessarily a personal patience. I think it's, uh, where we live, the, um, you know, a, a financial, they don't have the financial patience. They need the money. Um, and this goes back to what you were saying of dabbling in other things. Like I'm in real estate. I, I, I truly believe that if you're going to just jump out of the gate and think you're going to go guide today, you, you better have a pile of cash saved up to support yourself for two to three years, or you better have another job, some sort of income. Um, so I think that's, what's changed. I think, I think the, the new generation of guides that are coming up, they're ready to just turn and burn and take as many trips as they want. And they're willing to pay for their, their click per ads or their social media pages. Um, Twitter or TikTok, if you're into that, whatever yeah. it is, um, that's just, you know, that, that I feel like that has changed. The internet has definitely changed that, but 20, 30, 40 years ago, guiding was all by word of mouth. There was no internet, right? Yeah, I we're mean, showing up to the dock and showing up in that. Yeah. Phone show, oh my God. Look at all these fish. This guy's got yeah. hanging up. He might've had five snook carcasses hanging up. Wow. Yeah. I want to go catch a snook with this guy tomorrow. And you call him up, right? Yeah. Or, you know, Alex Norris went fishing with this guy today and he shows up at breakfast the next morning with his cronies. And man, I had a great day fishing out of home or out of Tarpon Springs or the Everglades the other day. Oh, really? Who'd you fish with? His name's so-and-so I got his business card right here. That is how guiding businesses were built. And I, they are still built that way. And I feel like that is a, there's two different kinds of clientele, like we were talking about earlier. And I think that's, that, that's what we're discussing here, obviously, yeah. but that's that's the the difference nowadays. That's that's how I see it, anyways. Well, yeah, and and you know, and and you do other things, business. You know, you don't just fit. You're not just a fishing guide. No. You also guide ducks and and do the hunting yep, side of it sure. too. Yep. And really fills your fills your year up, right? Mm-hmm. Because fishing is, I mean, a seasonal thing. Well, great about here is we do live in a place that you can fish and be successful pretty much year pretty round. Pretty much year round, but. You know the tarpon fishing is 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 obviously a seasonal thing, no doubt. and um, you know, and, and even like the snook and redfish stuff, like yeah, it's, it's better different times of year, and, yep. and it, you can find them and do well all year. But, but there's going to be times but there's times the that it's better for, uh, sure. for sure. But I guess my thought on it would be that in the same way that you are trying to find the right client that meets up, mm-hmm. right? Your clients are also trying to find the right guide. Mm-hmm. So a guy that calls you and says, Hey, I want to fish tomorrow. And you're like, awesome. Like, and you guys hit it off. And then he says, and my wife and three kids want to come, then you're not the right guide no. for him. Right. Even no. though that guy might be awesome and that might be guy you want to fish with. Me. Yeah. He's just and you're not the right guide for him. Like he, you know, Dude, even if I wanted to, I can't take you out. I can't take the five of you on my boat. And if you're honest with that guy, like, you know, the first when when somebody calls you to book a charter, they're 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 vetting you. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're, oh, what's your availability? You know, what are you guys catching right now? And I mean, you can you can kind of gauge what that person's going to be like on the boat just from a short conversation on the phone. So you're vetting them as well. Um, and if I, honestly, like if, you know, if it's one guy and he wants to go fly fishing and he calls me, I'm going to take him. But if it sounds like he wants to go, you know, fly fishing, but he's super fixated on like, it's, it's, it's only the only way this is going to be a successful trip is if we bring a fish to hand, which I can understand that everybody has, you know, they should, they should have that feeling going into a charter. But if that's all he's fixated on and he's basing his success on, okay, we have to have a tarp, we have to bring a tarp into hand today, or it's, it's a bad day and I'm never coming back. That guy is not necessarily who I'm trying to take fishing. I mean, that that's the kind of guy who's on the boat and he is he's put so much pressure on himself. Yeah. Because I'm going to deliver the shots, right? I'm going to give the guy shots. He has put so much pressure on himself to have this successful day that he's he, that's all he's thinking about. It's just weighing on him all day. So every single shot that lines up, he's thinking, "Oh my god, I got to make this happen. I got to make this happen. I got to make this happen." Versus the guy like yesterday with Jonas Jonas is out there. He's looking at birds. He's looking at eagles. He's looking at rays and sharks. And yeah. he's being Jonas. You know what yeah. I mean? We all know Jonas. Yeah. So that 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 is and to him that was a successful day. I mean, the guy had binos and he's it was it was great. So that's who you want, in my opinion. You um, binoculars. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so it it was. That's a guy that just loves to be out there, though. That's and it. That's, that's the guy. The guy that loves to be out there. I, I feel like sometimes it's it, it's probably hard to admit, but like we get kids in here all the time at the shop. It's like this kid loves fishing like I used to. And it's almost that like convicting feeling of like mm-hmm. I need to be reminded of why I'm out here doing what I'm doing. And it's moments like that almost where you're like, like I'm in like, and I love it. At the, like we're here every day. Right. And the shop becomes stagnant and stale mm-hmm. sometimes because we see the same thing every day. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, you don't, the only thing you notice is the stuff that's out of place because right. everything's supposed to look a certain way or whatever. And then you have, you know, the person that comes in or the kid that comes in, they're like, wow, like this is the nicest place I've ever been to. And, and you're, you're like, you're like, yeah, you know what like, it really? is? Like, really? Yeah. This is like, a nice time. And then you start shop. to look around. I'm like, this is nice. This like, is a nice I mean? place we got here. Like this is like this is cool, and we have <laughs> built something cool, and and it makes you proud of it, and it reminds you of why we because we got into this because we love fishing. That's right. But we stay in it, you know, because a like we figured out a way to, to that it can financially, mm-hmm. you know, fi- financially provide, but also the love is what love keeps it. you doing. You love it. the sport. You love the people. You love selling things to people. And I think that having clients like that or having customers that come in and they're just wowed by the shop or wowed by where you took them to fish and you know you put into the same ramp and you idle mm-hmm. out of the same river and you go out to the same flats you know pretty regularly and it becomes monotonous but those little things like like getting the box of t-bores in the mail yeah. right like and how how excited and how giddy i get whenever we get a, a box those of are that. the moments or a nautilus a box from nautilus and and i'm so excited to see what's in there and I know it sounds funny, but it's just it's those little things that throughout a week kind of remind you no like doubt. I love this. Like yeah. I get to sell fishing tackle for a living, you know? Like as, how how cool is that? Right. And as you know, the you know, the whole state of Florida, this is no surprise, you know, we're we're struggling water quality issue wise. Um you know, and being a guide and growing up fishing and, you know, 
I went fishing with Saki and Ryan the other day, and we were having this discussion on the way out, like, oh, man, this 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 kind of sucks that this is taking place all over the state. And, you know, we're, we're living in it. We're seeing this, and it's, you know, we're just – this is this is life now. You know, we're dealing with water quality issues statewide. So it wasn't necessarily a doom and gloom moment, but it was kind of like, man, this is, this is tough, right? Yeah. And then we went out, and we fished, and we had a good afternoon. We caught a couple fish, and, you know, we got a couple more shots, and – it was a beautiful afternoon, and we both, everybody at the exact same time, when I put the push pole down at the end of the day and I cranked the motor, we were idling off the flat, and every one of us turned around, and we started having a conversation about, like, man, that was really fun. This is this is why we do this. Like, this is, you know, there's still some life in this place, and, like, this is, this is why we fish. We fish for moments like this, and we had an incredibly organic time. Those are two of my best friends for over 20 years, and we have fished thousands of days together. But, and, you know, we went fishing in our backyard, like we've done hundreds and thousands of times, but we, we all recognize in that moment that these little tiny slivers of, you know, the older you get and the more experiences you have, things become, you know, dubbed down, I guess I can say, right. You know, us going out and drifting for trout. We can't do that anymore for us to be satisfied, right? It's just not no. going to do it. But those little tiny moments to where you feel like, man, this, that was a good afternoon. Like I had a good afternoon with my friends. Mm-hmm. I had a good whether, and that could have been a client on the boat. It could, it, yeah. it could be, it could have been y'all on the boat. Whatever it was, those are the moments. Like you're saying, you get a box of T-boards in, you get giddy about it. I was pulling, or I was driving off the flat that night, thinking to myself, the four hours I just spent with two of my best friends, you know. We have we've all caught redfish. We've all caught nice fish in our lives, but though that at that four hours right there was why we do it. It's yeah. those little tiny moments. Yeah, and and I think that so many people get caught up in the you know I want everyone to know who I am mm. um, type thing, mm. and and it's easy to fall into that here too mm. at the at the shop. Like we want everyone to know who we are, mm. and 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 I think part of that is just competitive business. Like I want to be known, like I I, want to be known and I want people to know who we are, but I think it's more of like, I want people to know who tailwater is. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, yeah. Like I'm, you know, it's sure. Is it, is it cool when a kid walks in and he's like, you're the one on the YouTube video. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, I, I, I like that. And it's, it's fun. Like, I'm not going to lie like that, but I think that there's so much in the fishing industry that has become so much just about, self-promotion and about you know i'm Mm. on this pro staff and i'm sponsored Mm. by this company and i do this and i do that and and we see a lot of that Mm -hmm. and guys i'll tell you like the ultimate pro staff is working in retail because we get better deals than anyone (laughs) than any than any than any program is but um but like i i I think that so much of it gets lost in that we do this because we love to fish. And I think that being reminded of that is, is important. And those slivers, right? I feel like as I get older, you know, those slivers start to be they, few and far. They between. start to become fewer and further between, but I feel like I appreciate them more oh, and yeah. they last for longer, yes. right? That sliver, that sliver gets me through longer yes. than it, than it used to, no doubt. to where it used to be like, I need to go fish every night to scratch this itch. And like, but I, now it's like, if you get, now if it's you like, get a day on the water with your brother 
and yeah. you guys go out and you you catch a redfish or you don't catch a redfish and you have a beautiful day on the boat maybe you smoke a cigar and enjoy the day absolutely those that you get back in and you go home and now you gotta as soon as you walk in the door you go from fishing mode to dad mode uh, and yeah that that's those little slivers like you're saying are what get you through like you know i'm i'm gonna be 38 in a couple months here when i was 28 like you said, I need to scratch that itch several times a week. Yeah. I don't have the time to do that now. No. So just recently, me and me and two of my really good friends, uh, Saki and Ryan, who you know, we, we took a little road trip and we went and fished for the day. And it was we, we woke up at three in the morning. We didn't get home till midnight. But we took a day versus 10 years ago, we would have taken five days. Yeah. None of us have that time anymore. But driving home that night. We, I, we, we wouldn't talk about it, but just our attitudes were, we have scratched our itch. Now we can go back to work for the next couple of weeks here. And then maybe, go. maybe we can do and it we'll again. And we'll talk about it and, yeah. and make fun of each other for, for the sure. next two weeks because no someone doubt. fell or no because doubt. someone's not broke or, or something like that. broke a few fish off. All right. So you mentioned time, right? You don't have the time to do that anymore. Time. Okay. There's, there's a few reasons why for both of us, probably the time to fish is, is, is gone. Um, and... I think family, family, right, mm-hmm. is is a big Huge reason that 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 the time fishing. It's not that the time is gone or it's not available. It's that I don't want to right. do it as much anymore. Like I'd rather really plan out a trip and say like, hey, the weather's going to be good and this trip's planned. Versus and I'm trying go to do force it. it. We're just trying to force it because I don't want to. Because right. when I get home, right, I have you know I have a wife and two kids mm-hmm. and. I have three people at home who I'm their most favorite person on earth. And right? you gotta be you gotta be dad when you walk. Yeah, in the door. I have to be dad. I have to be husband, and yep. and you know, and being that and knowing when I get home, right? Like like I said, there's my wife and two kids. Like I'm I am three people's favorite person. Sure. And so, <laughs> you know, that's the way to put and it. And I, I mean, and it's so fun. Yeah. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. But it's so fun because. You know, it doesn't matter what my day was like. It doesn't matter if it was one of those days here that it's like your son and daughter don't know what it was. Like about they, they don't know and they don't care. They like don't they care. just I'm dad and I'm the coolest and they don't care. Get that, on the floor. And yeah. Play with me. Yeah. And and I love that. Mm-hmm. And it makes me want to share this love that I have for fishing with them. Yes. And, you know, and we have the little training rod at home and my daughter likes to practice fly fishing, right. With, with me and, and, and my son still likes to just hit with the rod. Um, (laughs) but, but, and he's so cute. It's hard to get mad at him, but, but the why, right. So why fishing? Okay. That's part of the why. A lot of that's the why, because, you know, that's, that's the family that you're providing for. And so now talk about to where when you were, you know, younger, single, mm-hmm. starting your guide business mm-hmm. to now, you know, how long have you been married? I've been married. Uh, this will be our three year anniversary. Yeah. So three year. years. So, yep. so you have more of your guiding career as a, as a solo single guy for than sure. you do as a married dad, you know, married man and now dad. But she was there for a lot of it. And she was there for a lot of it, but but how has that now changed the way that you look at, you know, or I, I, let me, let me rephrase that. Mm-hmm. How has that made appreciating what you do more important? I guess I, I mean, I know I'm answering the question for you, but I no. feel like, I feel like it makes doing like, appreciating what you do more important and appreciating those times more important because of family. For so, sure. so 
you said a lot there. I know. And, I, I know. It, it triggered a lot of things in my mind. So if I if I kind of run off, no, track no, no, you're here, good. Then, then so be it. But um, I think with fishing, and it goes back to you asked me earlier, why do we do this? Um, I do this obviously for the passion and the love of fishing, right? And being with people, like mm-hmm. I said. But that why has changed since I've had a child. My son's only four months old, but the moment that he was born. That's your why now, right? Absolutely. That's your why. You come here every day and you sell reels and rods and tackle to provide for your family. Absolutely. So you have to have that mentality as well. Um, the man, that's a hard question to answer. Rephrase it one more time. Alex. No, I'm just i I think that we talked about how we appreciate your, my appreciation more, of it, but I think it's more the appreciation part of it is more important. It's yeah. not that it's like, hey, I appreciate this more. Yeah, but I think it's more important that I appreciate it. For you know? sure. And it, it, it it's more important to appreciate it now more than ever, like you're saying, because it, it guiding allows – there's a lot of free time in guiding, let's be yeah. honest. I mean, you're busy. No, but you make your own schedule. You, you kind of make your own yeah. schedule. If my wife says, hey, I want to take a vacation in this month, we're going to the Keys next month, and she, don't block anything on these days, we're going to the Keys. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. You know, but you appreciate the moments of, of freedom and, and the moments of – to me, I, I, I can appreciate a really long, hard day of work. Like yesterday, I, I ran a trip in the morning, and then as soon as I got in, I put my boat on the trailer. I had to go to the office, and I did a bunch of real estate work, and I got home, and I had to clean my boat up. And I remember backing my boat into the garage and going to walk in the door, and it was like, okay, now it's time to go be a dad. Yeah. And I appreciated my day of work because it allowed me to go inside and, and be a dad and be a husband and have – I had a good day, right? I had a good day of work. So I don't know. That's a hard question to answer of why, why you appreciate, why I appreciate fishing in, as it relates to my family. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of branches there that I could go down, but I think the main branch is that I'm doing something that I love. And I think as my son grows up, he'll see that I'm doing something that I love. Um, Well, and I think that not to maybe just to help, Maybe what I think what you're trying to say, yeah, because my like, brain's going in like a no, million no. I, I think directions. that for me, I, I think that I get to provide for my family doing something and being around something that I love, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of a hobby, mm-hmm. in terms of something I spend my time, it is what I would choose the uh, you know, 99 times out of 100. Mm-hmm. You know, I it, I joke because people ask if I if I because I, I enjoy golfing too, sure. right? Yeah, and um. You know, and they're like, have you been golfing lately? And I'm like, no, I haven't. Um, I said, but I only golf on days I'm supposed to work. <laughs> I fish on my days off, right? <laughs> right? I don't I don't love golfing enough to go on my day off, That's but right. I love fishing enough that I go on my day off. Mm-hmm. I only golf on days I'm supposed to work, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, so I think that what I'm – I guess maybe what I'm doing is like saying I appreciate the fact even more so now. Like I get to sell – fishing tackle for a living i had to sell fly rods fly reels fishing tackle for a living and that's what gets to provide for my family where before it was like dude i get to sell fishing rods and reels and i get discounts and i get this and i get that and but and so yeah and some of that's guiding with with guiding it was like okay so yeah what you're saying i get to be on the water every single day i get to be on the water every single day and before i was married or had a kid it was like i got a day off tomorrow i'm going fishing yeah you know what i mean i know what i'm doing so and so or i'm gonna go by myself or whatever like 
but now like you're saying you, you can yeah it's it, it what you're saying is 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 totally accurate in that in that aspect in that space um appreciate it and and now i appreciate my fishery the environment the fish itself i appreciate that more because of what it's doing for my life yeah like there was a time when you know i was 20 years old and i'd go down to boca Grande on a crab flush and we'd just wear those things out till yeah. four o'clock in the morning i couldn't dream of doing that now i mean obviously i, I i'd be too tired to do that now yeah. for one but for two I don't want to go bang on them like that. I want. I would prefer to to go out, get some shots, hook a few fish, and go home and appreciate the the resource and the fishery because of what it does for my life and what it's done for my life. The things that it's done for me. Um, yeah. And I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about all the experiences that I've had on the water. I'm talking about the people I've met. I've met you. I, I, if I hadn't been fishing, I would have met y'all. And y'all are great people. You know what I mean. Um, that's just a small sliver of it, but those are the appreciations that I have now as it relates to my family and my life, I think. Yeah. And for me, I think that that, how I've seen it kind of transform for me, like this was never what I thought I would be doing mm -hmm. like at all. Um, I didn't ever, I you know, never go from, go from teaching out. high school and coaching to, you know, my degrees in economics and finance. So mm -hmm. I like, uh, there was no plan to sell fishing stuff. And, and it was that back and forth. Like, do I get into the, the car business side of the family thing or do I keep doing what I'm doing? And, and they both were, you know, had their, had their positives and negatives and then, you know, come, come over here and really figure out like, yeah, I love fishing, but I didn't realize the opportunity that you had on a business side mm -hmm. to to really be able to take that mm -hmm. love and and take the not it's not even the love so much in the business like yeah we 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 thought about it because we love fishing but it's the knowledge of you know what to have and what do people want sales. and what products are and and you know product knowledge and and sales but also still getting giddy when you get a box of, oh, yeah. of reels and so you know, and, and so that's one of those things that as we continue to build the business, right, like upstairs, everybody that walks in this place knows that Branson is probably going to be at the front and greet them when they walk no in every time. Hey, what brings you in here today? What brings you in today? What brings you in today? Every right? time. And except for me, he's just and, like, yeah, yeah, except <laughs> for you. He's like, what are you doing here? But, um, but, but like he is like truly for us, like it's, he's the most valuable asset because he is so relatable to people. I mean, he is, boy. and he's like family, he's as close to family as we have. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, to be able to work with one of my best friends and my brothers Very cool. is, is so cool. And that part too, is something that I need to be reminded of no every question. day as, you know, as, as annoying as it is sometimes and as annoying as I'm what sure an opportunity though. I am, yeah. you know, it's, it's how, how cool is that? Like every day guys, we get to sell fishing stuff together and we're going to hang out with your brothers, your yeah. dad's in here regularly, your grandfather's my, in here I can regularly. bring my kids in here whenever right. I want. Like, what, a, what an opportunity. And it's, it is, it, it is really cool. And just talking about it, you know, it, it makes me really realize appreciate like how much, it. how, how much I appreciate it. But but also how much more I care about, you know, and again, it's really hard to like say this without sounding like, oh my gosh, here we go again. Yeah. But how much I appreciate like our resource mm. too, and how much more I pay attention to it now. 
and how much more I think like, you know, before red tide was like, gosh, man, the fishing's going to suck. Now I'm yeah, like, that's going to do wow, a direct like, correlation. I really hope that this, this gets better because especially for the long term, because like, I really hope this gets better quick because there's a business side that, that starts to suffer a little bit. And, you know, especially with our local customer, mm-hmm. like, and there's a business side to this that is directly affected. And so, you know, it, it truly makes you care and whatever that level, I mean, you know, I'm not going to start getting into the whole, like what we can do and why, no, it's, why it's happening. No. But, but, but cause I, I, that's, you know, that's just not, that's the, a whole, that's, that's a rabbit the, hole that we could, yeah, that's a rabbit hole. I don't think I ever want, I totally ever want to go down separate conversation, but, but it makes me realize that what we're doing is fragile. It's precious. And it's precious. And it should be appreciated. And it should be taken care of as, as, as best as we can. It shouldn't be exploited. No. And, um, you know, and just looking at in this last year tarpon season, it was, you know, I saw a ton of fish this last year. Mm-hmm. And as, much, as many as I have yep. before. And but what I realized was Tuesdays on the water now look like what Saturdays used to or worse even than what Saturdays used to. And you used to be able to go tarpon fishing on Saturdays until 10 a.m. And it was OK. Now you don't even get it till 8 a.m. Now, Tuesdays, like the jet skis are packed tough. at the causeway and it tough and it, it's tough. And it's that mix of, well, I love how many people are here because that's more people coming into the shop. But I can't have my cake and eat it, too, because right. I want them all to go away when I want to go fishing. This goes so. back to something you said earlier <laughs> about social media, and, and um, I don't know how you said it, but it, it became... Self-promotion. Self-promotion. Yes. Self-promotion is fine. People have to promote themselves, promote their brands, promote their business. That's fine. When you start exploiting a resource to do that, mm-hmm. that's where I have a problem with that. And I think... A lot of people that have been in this industry for a long time would have a problem with that. You know, you look at, let's just, I'll go back 30 years, 40 years. You look at Homosassa. Homosassa was exploited by a couple newspaper articles. There were guys up there in bass boats throwing bass worms at them. That's, yeah. that's not right. And that was exploited by a writer in the Tampa Tribune or the Tampa Times, one of the two, for the promotion of that newspaper, we deliver the news here first. I delivered this fishing article, whatever. I'm sure that guy gained something from that. Yeah. When you And, s- and it, unfortunately for the fishery in Homosassa, he was right. He was right. I mean, and it was incredible. The fishing up there was Because if everyone would have gotten up there and it sucked, then they would have left them all alone. They would have turned that. around. Yeah. And I'm not blaming that for the for the, you know, the the way Homosassa has gone, the, the the road that that has gone, the tarpon fishing is still phenomenal up there. I have a lot of guide buddies that guide out of there, and they have great fishing. Um, but you know, when, when you start exploiting a resource, you know, for self promotion, and I'm talking about the the mass amount of media that can be put on on the web today for people to see. If you're brand new to tarpon fishing or any fishing for that matter, you can dive into YouTube or whatever media source you want and you can actually find out a pretty good amount of information about tarpon fishing that when i was a kid i had either had to read a book or I had to have an elder teach me or i had to go do it i had to go get on the water to do it so when i see a fellow guide who's got plenty of business it seems like they're 
blasting all these media, you know, reels on Instagram and pictures of gripping grins and, oh, we caught this many today and we did that. Well, when you show up the next day and there's 30 skiffs on the beach, you have totally, totally removed yourself from any kind of space where you can complain. Mm -hmm. All you have done is blown your fishery up. You've blown your resource up and now you've made it harder for yourself and harder for everybody out here. So I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to go too deep into that, but because the only people that, the only, the only thing that suffers from this is the resource. If I go out and I have a phenomenal day of tarpon fishing and you know, we fly a bunch of fish and we get shots all day long and I post a video of it or even, even worse, I call somebody that. I really don't trust there's going to be somebody there the next day. Keep your mouth shut, do your work. When I was growing up, nobody talked about what they caught. Nobody posted numbers. Nobody said, Oh, we jumped 15 fish today. We, we brought five to hand. Nobody said any of that. You got back to the dock. And I know this because I used to wash some of the guides boats at the Marina. Nobody asked anybody what they caught. Usually they were cutting them on the fillet table, but <laughs> nobody said, Oh man, how many did you have today in front of their clients? No, and that's all for the guides. Guides who get back to the ramp and their clients are sitting there. Maybe I had a great day and you had a bad day and our clients are standing on the dock. And I ask you, how'd you guys do? Oh, we didn't do so good. And then you ask me, how'd you do? Oh, we smoked them. Yeah. That does nothing. You're no. not doing anything. Well, and it makes the client, the other client feel like I just wasted. I just wasted. I, I picked the wrong guy. I, like, I just wasted. Guy. I'm going to go. I'm going to call that guy. Now. I just wasted. Yeah. I just wasted 800 so bucks. You've embarrassed that guide yep. and you've, you've a, and you've also exploited your resource in the same, in the same space. Yeah. So I have, I have a, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of stuff I could say about that, but the bottom line is, you know, exploiting your resource for, for, you know, yourself and not, not your brand, so to speak more for yourself, for your peers to acknowledge you and how good of a fisherman you think you are. Yeah. I got a problem with that. I got a serious problem with that. And I, I just, I, there's no way to stop it unless social media just disappears Which that's not going to happen. It would be nice if it did. It would be really nice if it did. Well, um, and, and that's something to hear too. Like, I mean, what we're doing right now, like mm-hmm. this podcast, right? Like it's this is media. It's, it's yeah, it's media. It's so people know. It's so people get to know who we are and 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 know who we are as a shop. But but really, the the point of what we're doing in the podcast isn't to like look at this cool new product, right? It's you know I would like to say that if Celsius wanted to ever sponsor, we us, need a sponsor. Yeah, Celsius could sponsor. They don't even have to like give us any money. Yeah. Just no, we just need cases. Yeah, we of just Sully. need cases of Selly, and then we'll just promote it all the time. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, that would be awesome if they saw that and sponsored us because of it. But yeah, of yeah. course. Um, why not? Yeah, I'll drink yeah, one. Grab so I've already had yeah. four cups of coffee. Yeah, I mean, why not? Uh, but that that balance of yeah, I want to promote our brand and as or, much as we can, or promote yourself. But I don't want our brand to necessarily be recognized as like because I'm not Adam's not what makes the business successful, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah, our Tibor real case is the greatest in the world, right? Like it's I have no doubt, like the it's best. the greatest in the world. It and is. if you don't believe me, come in here and take a it's look. Sweet. But, but that's not what makes our business. What makes our business successful is Branson. Mm-hmm. He's a is, and the resource is, makes your business successful. Absolutely. And our resource and, and the investment that, that, that we're willing to, to, to put into it absolutely makes it successful. But Branson or, 
Brandon, like, like where you, he's someone that when people come in and they ask him, they know that they can trust what he's telling them because he's not just trying to boom, sell them something they don't need. Mm-hmm. Boom. Sell them the most expensive thing. Mm-hmm. Boom. Like really trying to help people spend time on the phone with people. Reading like, this person and what does this person need? Yeah. Like, and, and that's the other thing too. Like if someone calls and wants to spend 30 minutes on the phone asking me about different fly reels, like, talk to them. like, but I enjoy that. And because that person is, is interested in it and they love it in the same way that they have gone down the rabbit hole before they spend $700. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, being able to do this with guys like, you know, our, our, our team here, right. When you look at, we have Pat here and, you know, <laughs> Pat, Pat's, Pat's in his seventies and the rest of us are in our, I'm the oldest, I'm the old guy here besides Pat and I'm 30. Right, like everyone else is younger, uh, and so Brandon's younger, Branson's younger, Adam's younger, Andrew's younger, you know. But and then we have Pat, yep, and who's more than twice all of our age, and puts us in line, and 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 tells us that we're dumb, and Pat's and, and you know. But that's what makes this successful more than you know. Hey, look at me. Uh, hey, look at what I catch. Mm-hmm. Hey, all that sort of stuff. And you know what? I'm proud of our shop. Yep. So when it comes to posting pictures of the shop or posting what we sell or do posting it. our real counter, we're we're gonna do that because I'm proud of it. And if and you're proud of yourself as a guide and you're fishing, yeah. do it. But yeah. do it consciously. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a man I worked for out west at Prairie Rock Outfitters, Jake Latondras. Somebody I'm sure some people follow him on Instagram. He's a he's a oh he's not even an influencer. He's just a hell of a photographer and yeah. a, a hell of a man. He told me before you post something you know, hunting or fishing or anything that, that might damage a resource or damage another person, really think about what you're doing. Think about why you're posting that. Mm-hmm. Are you posting it for likes? Are you posting it to try and gain business? Are you posting it to to educate people? Mm-hmm. And I think if you take the the approach of education and self-awareness, if you if you go at social media with that mindset and social media can just be fun. You can just post pictures of yourself, with your family, doing all that. Sure. I'm specifically talking about in the hunting and fishing space here. Yeah, business social media. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I'm not going to go. There's a certain someone that, you know, in the middle of tarpon season last year, posted a giant daisy chain of fish in a very well-known location who has a mass following. And this person did that. Who is that helping? That's helping nobody. That's helping nobody, and all that's doing is getting him likes and views, and it's it's not helping anybody. So I think if we're all just self-aware of how we use media and social media, I think that everybody will be better off. The, 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 the resources will be better off. It would just be a better world. No. So trying to spread that message can be difficult and delicate in some to some people. Mm-hmm. So we've talked – building business we've talked family we've talked kids we've talked self-promotion uh media like all of that aspect of it we've talked you know what you're selling there's a lot of similarities to what we do Mm -hmm. right what you're selling is you are providing the experience and i'm providing the tools to help make the experience possible that's right and i mean that's really what i'm that's 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 really what what we're doing is we are selling the tools that make the experience possible and you know when i when i look at 
how much fishing has infiltrated my life. Okay. I mean, it starts with my t-shirt drawer, you know, and it goes to this, this wall back behind, you know, to where like, I love collecting stuff. I love, you know, having stuff. I'm a gear junkie. Do you like looking at your fly rack? I do. Um, I like, (laughs) I do like coming down here and, and, and looking at it, but I think that I enjoy it. Not because it's like, I have this. Mm -hmm. It's like, I am so excited to go use that yes. this year. I mean, like this is how my tarpon setups, right? Which for some reason I th- feel like I need four of them. Got to have right. My my tarpon setups are rigged and ready, ready to go. To go, and it's like it's hardly March, and <laughs> they are rigged, and and we don't live in the Keys, and it's problem. hardly March. Like, and I'm ready to go. And we were talking about this today. Like, if I could go sit out there for 12 hours right now to possibly be able to make one bad cast at a fish, you'd do it. I would go do it. You've and, got a problem. And yeah, it's, it is. You have and, an issue. And, and that's, that's one of those things that it's like, this is why, this is why what I get to do for every day is so great. That's right. Like, because I get to help other people experience the exact same thing that I love the most. And I think that's awesome. And you know, when, when you have a good group of people, around you that have the same interest and that you get to share that with and that you get to work with every day. And we have customers that come in that we're, that, that we've built that are not customers anymore, right? They're, they're friends that just happen to buy their stuff from us now. Mm-hmm. Right. Or, you know, you have guides that, that, you know, it was, Hey, can you help us out with this? Or can you do this? And, and now we have a mutually beneficial professional relationship, but also a, a friendship. friendship. And that's the coolest part of it to me is that, Fishing is something that transcends anybody can fish. Anybody. Like my one and a half year old son can fish and you know, my eighty five year old grandfather can can fish. And their levels of enjoyment or their levels yeah. of success are different. Absolutely. They're gonna be different. And and I think that being reminded that especially in the fly fishing world. Right. I was told by this and it scared me to death, but it, it's it's like a business opportunity, but it also kind of scares me. But I think it only scares me if if we don't use this information correctly. I was told yesterday by one of our by one of our our manufacturers reps that that we deal with that that the saltwater fly fishing category is the fastest growing category oh, yeah. in the entire fishing, not oh, fly yeah. fishing, the entire fishing industry. Oh, yeah. Right. And so for me, the first thought is ching. <laughs> okay. But but on the other end too, it's it's. But here's what I've noticed: it's not people that are new to fishing mm-hmm. it's people that are coming over from mm-hmm. the conventional side of saltwater fishing that are getting into fly fishing and that part to me is is cool because the more people that are throwing flies and not throwing pilchards the better our fishery is going to be no doubt and we we, we, we have a very low impact <laughs> on, yeah i mean on, a on very very low impact yeah and and i think that the nostalgia here's why i love when a box of t-boards comes in okay <laughs> you ready I have nameplates with my kids' names for ready to go. Re- from on for for two reels. They're both sitting right over there, mm-hmm. ready to go for when they're old enough that they get their first setup. That's right. I love that. And whenever someone comes in and they buy something like, like a T-bore, for mm-hmm. example, like that's a life. Like that's something that if they don't sell it on Microscope, like they, it's, a, it's a lifetime they, reel. They can hand it down to their kid, to their grandkid, and they can use that for a lifetime yes. of enjoyment. Yes, and 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 I and I really do like that, and I really do enjoy that part of it. And I think that 
on the business side, the retail side, not the business side, on the retail side of it, it's I think that selling products is fun and it's great. But selling products you love even better is even better. And the fact that I can convince people that you know, the stuff that I or that people love the stuff that we love too makes it makes it that much cooler. And I think that for you probably your favorite thing to do in the world, hobby wise, I think that you're like me, right? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where the love for duck hunting, how how far I'm that goes. I'm a junkie for both of them. But but to be able to be around like-minded people that are just as nuts about tarpon oh, yeah. fishing as you are, or fly fishing in general, like redfish, like red. I I enjoy catching redfish. Redfish kind of scratch the edge, but it's it does di- not it's, do the same thing that a tarpon does. It's just different. I mean, obviously, a tarpon's big. It jumps. It pulls hard. But I don't know. I, I think. I but think it's it's a it's. It's a nostalgia it's a predator. Thing. It's something that's totally different, right? Oh, like than than what you would ever do anywhere in other, anything. Like it is a predator. It's a, that it, is coming it's an towards apex you. Predator. That is coming towards you, and you are seeing it, like trying to entice it to eat. You're, you're dancing to eat hair. You're dancing, you know. And I, I, there's you, there's a lot there you said about the history and the nostalgia surrounding tarpon fishing and tibor reels. Mm-hmm. You know, my earliest memory of, of, of a fly rod is probably my uncle's, you know, mid-90s. I'm probably 10 years old. He had all these T-boards, and I was just like, wow, this is – that." and they all had his name on them, and his name is Tommy They were all Flores. probably gold, weren't they? They were. Yeah. And they were all on Sage RPLXIs, and, like, Ooh, that's it old was school. old school. They yeah. were – I actually broke That's a heavy setup. Of, that's I a broke, heavy setup. <laughs> I broke all of those rods. Yeah. <laughs> um, but – Anyways, the, the history and the nostalgia that surrounds fly fishing is that was my draw to it. I mean, I, I love I love the history of hunting and fishing and everything that goes with it. Reading in books when I was a kid of you know all of these records being caught in the keys and so and so winning a gold cup and you know reading stories about Steve Huff and how just just in, in, envisioning this guy as a young man you know, trying to raise a family in the Keys and guiding in the backcountry of the Keys when there was no GPS, there was no four-stroke motors, there was no skiffs. You know, if anybody's fished the backcountry of the Keys or Florida Bay or the Everglades, the amount of effort and, and quite frankly, the balls on some of those guys to do what they did is just incredible. It's remarkable. You, if, if you've ever driven in the backcountry of Florida Bay or the, or the backcountry... It's scary of, with electronics if you've insane. ever done it. Yeah. It's insane. I mean, you pull out of... You pull out of, uh, let's just say you pull out of Chukaluski. You pull out of Chukaluski and you start driving around. Yes, obviously everything looks the same. And if you didn't have a GPS, you might end up getting lost. Well, those guys didn't have that. They didn't have radios. They didn't have spots, EPIRBs, none of that. No, they're, they tying, ha- they're tying towels or piece of plastic to a tree limb so they can see it on their way back probably. Like, that's real. Yeah. I mean, my uncle fished Chukaluski. He, he passed away, but he, he told me that he would carry a, a, a spool of ribbon tape with him. And when they would go into back some of these really back bays out of Chukaluski, he would tie pieces of ribbon on the trees and grab them on the way out. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, but all of that, I think, is just super cool about what we do and what you know what this world of fly fishing is. I understand people's draw to it. It is an incredible sport. It is. Just, you know, obviously catching fish and watching fish eat feathers, like you said. But the history that surrounds saltwater fly fishing is so deep, man. And well, and it's crazy how deep it is because of still how young oh, it is. Yeah. Like the, all the – I mean, you look at the pioneers of saltwater fly fishing. Yes. Mo, a lot of them are still alive. 
Oh, yes. And a lot of them are still fishing. Still fishing. Steve Huff gets in his skiff every day. I, I saw him at the ramp and Chuck, or I saw him on the way to his ramp. Yeah. And Chuck Oleski the other day. That guy fishes every day, daylight to dark. He's out. And my uncle just fished three days with him down there, or his son, Chad. They're on the water. He's on the water every single day, whether he has a charter or not. And he's still guiding. His clients might be guys that he's fished for 10, yeah. 15 years, but he's still guiding. He's in his 70s. Well, I mean, in, it, so, yeah, I mean, that's. That's a lot. I mean, that's, that's a, a lot of time. time. On I mean, but even like if it, you go up in Homosassa or, or, Al or wherever else, Al, Al is, you know, Steve Kilpatrick is still fishing hard, hard. Al fishes Tom Evans. Well, I think I think Tom had a, a couple health issues last year, the year before, and maybe COVID got in the way. But I mean, Tom will still come down. And they'll get on the skiff and they'll go fish a ten hour day. No, yeah. and they'll sit. They'll sit out there and, and guess spent what? Hundreds of thousands hundreds, of hours on them. Hundreds and thousands of hours and lost fish and just the, the stories that and the and the things that these guys endured to catch these fish on flies is just remarkable. The ingenuity that they had to come up with. They pioneered so much of the techniques that we use today that we don't even know we're using, or we don't know that they're the ones that pioneered it. Correct. That's right. And one thing that I do want to touch on is that, that kind of just sparks this. A lot of guys are fishing. Let's just, let's just talk about tarpon fishing. A lot of guys are tarpon fishing with what, what, what Brian DePere calls a homeboy leader. Mm-hmm. Straight 50, straight 60, whatever it might be. You're disrespecting those guys by fishing that way. Those guys did it right by fishing IGFA legal with light tippets. Because that's what fly fishing is. You're, you're disre- handicapping yourself. You're handicapping yourself, and you're disrespecting the sport, in my opinion, by doing it any other way. And if your clients have a problem with it, then they don't. They need to put a spinning rod in their hand. Mm-hmm. Because that's not fly fishing, in my opinion. You're presenting a fly to a fish, and you're holding a fly rod in your hand. But when the fish gets on the string, it allows you to make more mistakes than you should be able to. You know, not letting go when you strip set and the fish takes off. I did that the other day. I broke a fish off. All of that is 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 disrespecting the sport. You're disrespecting the people who 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 pioneered these techniques that we're using today. So I feel like that needed to be said, and I feel like well, everybody. And it should. doesn't. I mean, and it doesn't. It's been proven. I mean, with with the with what Andy Mill has has done, showing with some of like the measuring that you can do and how you pull on a fish. Like first of all, very few people can actually put 16 pounds of pressure. It on It is a fish. extremely difficult. But second of all. You can't land a fish any quicker because you're using straight 60. It's mental. Like, And in fact, a lot of people would say it even takes longer because you're not pulling the way that you should be pulling. You're not pulling up the fish's back. You're just pulling whatever way that you want. If somebody's breaking rods, I hear all the time, oh, so-and-so broke a rod on a fish the other day. I'm not saying you can't break a rod if you're fishing IGFA legal. But nine times out of ten, if somebody breaks a rod on a fish, it's because they're using a homeboy leader and they're pulling way too hard and pulling improper. That's what it does. It allows you to make mistakes that you're not going to make fishing 16 or 20. Yeah. So do yourself a favor. Go try and do it. Up the game. Make it a little bit harder on yourself. And I understand if a person's only going to catch one or two tarp in a year that, you know, they want to land the one that they're going to hook. I get that. I totally or understand if you're that. solo. Or if you're solo. If you're solo, you should be fishing 16 max, in my max. opinion. Because I do a lot of solo fishing. And it is, if I was connected to something and I couldn't break off, like, it's dangerous. 
Like, forget the fish. You're, I mean, for, forget the fish. I mean, I don't that. mean that. Like, it's dangerous. Yeah. And, like, you're getting dragged into the pass. You're getting dragged out to whatever. And you, you can't chase the fish down the same way that you can if you have a guy that can chase up at the engine. Nope. And, I mean, God it's, forbid you wrap yourself up. And anybody who thinks that a fly line won't hurt you with a tarpon on the end of it, or any line for that matter, just see how much power that fish has really grab onto it if you're fishing a homeboy leader and wrap it around your finger let me know how that feels yeah yeah i mean and it is i mean and it's one of those things that like it can you know for, forget the health you know the health of the fish is important but it's i mean dangerous i mean it's one of those things that it is you need to be able to pop a fish off and quite Sharks. frankly landing it by yourself is not is, is you don't it, first of all to land a tarpon by I, yourself, I've, done it, I've done it once I've, and i'm good I've, I've done it it's you have to exhaust <laughs> the fish yeah you have to exhaust the fish to to get to the point to where you can grab him by yourself so all right so i never feel like we're done and i'm sure this won't be the last one that we do together but but to kind of recap i think that as we've both grown into not and fishing turning from a passion to a business Mm -hmm. and to a way of life and a way to make a living I think that yeah, there's a lot of differences in, in what we do, but For there's sure. but I a think there's more similarities. similarities, you know, really, and you know, really just the learning how to appreciate. You know, I'm a recreational fisherman. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not. I'm a. I'm. I'm in the fishing industry, right? Mm-hmm. But I, you know, like I don't get I don't get paid to go fishing. No, right? I get paid to sell stuff. You might one day. Um, yeah, maybe. And. Uh, I don't get paid to go fishing, but but as a recreational angler or as a professional angler, right, or and, and professional guide, like I don't guide. I, I was very much. I like to I like to fish too much to guide. So I'm not one of those people that tries to say I love being on the back as much as I love being you on the front. I'm like, no, I want to be on the. I want to be on the, be on the front. Be on the That's the advice to yeah. my son when he grows yeah. up. But um, but the things that fishing have afforded us and the fishing industry has afforded us, you know has been is something that I think that, you know, has only been some as is something that I've grown to appreciate more mm-hmm. over time. So mm-hmm. um but yeah I just want to thanks thank everyone for everybody for listening. Um, thank you Celsius. Thank you Celsius for for getting us uh for getting us through crack crack of Celsius while you're listening to thank us. You, so, Adam, for, for yeah. thank you Adam for setting us up here. Thank you Tailwater. Thank you Tailwater. Yeah. Thank you for the resource. Cheers yeah. to the resource. Cheers to the resource. <laughs>